Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Portions of the show may be previously recorded. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. So what does financial freedom mean? That's always a good question. It's different for everybody. My definition is to have enough money coming in passively each and every month that I, number one, don't have to work. Number two, can live at the standard of living that I want to live at. Number three, don't have to worry about any bills or payments or anything, any kind of problems or disasters that come up. All those things are well within my financial situation. I can go where I want, do do what I want with whomever I want, whenever I want. In other words, I'm not tied down by time nor money limitations. Now, that's financial freedom. Money is not a problem in my life. You know, that old saying on the, you know, the song, I have 99 problems, but, well, money ain't one. And the real thing that gets me, and this is really why I'm starting with this today, is it's the first of the month. I can't even begin to make you understand what it feels like. To go out to your mailbox on the first of the month, actually my checks come in early the way my stuff set up, but yesterday, handful of checks, my mailbox, big checks, because I own big businesses, big pieces of real estate, and boom, go to my, go to my uh, online account, my checking account, and boom, money being wired in, one right after the other, right after the other. And you sit there and you're looking for it and say, is it in yet? Is it in yet? Is it in yet? And it just keeps coming in. And all of this money comes in no matter what I do, whether I got up 
did a radio show today or didn't get up and do a radio show today or whatever. That money just comes in. Now, what you need to understand in plurality with that is that it's a lot of money. But that's not relevant until you get where I am. What you need to think about is, do you have any money coming in? And the way that I got a lot of money coming in is exactly the same way you get a little money coming in. I started out by buying a single rent house. Paid me a little over $200 a month positive cash flow. The rent houses you buy today pay between $200 and $500 a month positive cash flow. But that's cash flow. Think about it. If you buy that house, that will pay you for the rest of your life. You'll never get out of bed and earn that 200 to 500 bucks a month again. You got one, you go to two. You got two, you go to four. And the more money you make that you don't work for is really easy to save. Because while you're working on making a living, living a life of quiet desperation is what I believe most people do. You have this money over here working for you. Warren Buffett said it one time. He said, if you don't learn to make money while you sleep, you're doomed to work for the rest of your life. You've got to learn. If you don't want to work for money, money's got to work for you. But that's not what you do with it. You buy stuff. And stuff you think will make you happier. And I'm not even going to argue that maybe it does. The challenge, my friends, is that the stuff that you're buying depreciates in value. So you don't have assets. You have depreciable pieces of stuff. Now, the other thing about stuff is the more stuff you have, the more cost to store it, maintain it, take care of it, and so forth. And so stuff in and of itself is problematic when you're first starting your wealth-building career. But many of you have already got it. I'll let you in a little secret every once in a while. I just get rid of stuff. I go, you know, I've accumulated some stuff I don't even need nor want. And I just get rid of it. And so we all have that tendency to pick up some things and have some bad purchases in our life. You know, you buy stuff, you don't use it. It's not really relevant to your quality of your life. But at the moment, you thought it would be. And then you find out it's not. Right? That happens. But what I'm talking about here is, you don't own any really true assets. I bought a rent house. My first rent house cost $25,000. That rent house today is worth $200,000. Now, I don't own it anymore. But just think if I would have held on to it. I owned over 100 houses at one time. Think if I would have held on to all of them. At you know the median price right now is $300,000, $350,000 median price. So I had, you know, slightly below median value type homes. So let's say my homes were worth 250000 um, per house. I'm just going to do some quick phone math, which is not allowed on the radio, but I'm going to do it anyway. 250000 one, two, three, times uh, 100 houses plus houses. That had been $25 million worth of assets right now. And since it's been... More than 30 years since I bought those houses, they'd be paid off, and I'd have $25 million worth of assets working for me, free and clear. Tenants would have paid them all off. I'd own them, and I'd have $25 million. I have much more than that now because I did sell them, and I did leverage up, which is another thing we want to talk about today is leveraging up. 
So here's a couple things you have to understand if you're going to be wealthy. The first one is you have to get the money that's sitting in dead assets and you have to get it out and make a return with it. Your money has to start working for you. And your biggest problem is you have what is known as debt equity. You have money in your life that's doing nothing. In fact, in my class that I teach, I always ask people, we make them add up all their income from passive income and divide it by all their net worth. The average person has less than a 1% return on their net worth. That means your net worth is not earning you any money. No matter how much money you think you have, it's not earning you any money. You can't live off of it. And I prove that to people that think they're rich. I prove that to people who think they're smart. I prove it over and over again because nobody does. If you think about that for just a second, you can invertly back this into some really weird numbers, which I'm not going to do right now, but if you take how much money I make and you invert that back to the average person makes 1% on their money, you go, wow, my net worth is could be a billion dollars if you inverted it backwards like that. But I don't, and that's not necessary to do, but the money I make is astronomical. But it started with a $200 rent house. And when you go and you buy that first rent house, what you're learning to do is accumulate assets, and it will change you. Real estate changes people. It changes you from just a working schmo, living a life of quiet desperation, getting up every day and going to the cubicle or getting up every day and running on the rat wheel. It changes you from that to an asset owner. And every year that asset's going to go up in value. And if you buy income producing assets, then every month you're going to get a check in the mail and you can have more money. Now, if you're smart, You're going to go get your money out of your 401k, which doesn't pay you anything. How much do you get each month on your 401k? The answer is zero, no matter what you want to say. Let's argue this to death. You get nothing from your 401k. What about your IRA? Nothing. In fact, I just cashed out an IRA that I had for 25, 30, 40 years, whatever it was since I was 20. So I guess it's 40 some odd years. And I just, I kept it for 40 years just to see what an IRA would actually do. It's embarrassing to tell you how unproductive IRAs are. So, but I've just cashed it out now. It never paid me a dime for 40 years. Now I'll take that money that's in there. I'll go buy something with an asset and that asset will produce tons of money for me, right? Well, produce money. That's not that much in an IRA, but I'll produce that money. And so there you have it. When we get back here, we want to talk about, if we can, the fact that you need to get that money out of that, that house you have. Your equity in your home is paying you nothing. The equity in your car is paying you nothing. The equity in your 401k and IRA are paying you nothing. All of these assets, all these assets out there that you own are earning you no income. And so we've got to get them out there and earn some income. Until we have regular, realized income that we're earning on a regular monthly basis, we're not going to be able to retire. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsi Radio Show. You're hearing the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Got questions? Email Dell at askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. That's askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. More life-changing wisdom when Dell returns in moments. 
What would you say to women out there, Kelly, if they're thinking about doing this, if they're sitting out there right now going, I'm trapped with a glass ceiling where I work. I know I can't go up any further. There's, there's no room there. What would you say to them about becoming their own boss? Well, you know, you can decide to stay where you're at and keep trying to crack that glass ceiling. But at the end of the day, in this environment, it is so easy, you know, to be able to get out of that mold. People know me and they come up to me and they're very gracious and they don't look at me and say, oh, you're a woman, I'm not gonna invest with you, I'm gonna go over here. There's no real gender there. Are you ready to be a part of a world where there are no glass ceilings, no gender bias, no limits? Start like award-winning real estate investor Kelly did with the online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. When you look at the effects of what happened in 2008 and you compare it to what we are hopefully coming out of right now, real estate has definitely shown its resiliency. It has provided for people not only a place to live, but a place to work, a place to raise their children, a place to teach their children, a place to prepare all of their meals. And that's really where the rubber meets the road, is that there are, are two things that people have to have, and they strive very hard to have them. And that's a roof over their head and food on the table. And if you are investing in something related to either of those two things, you are going to have a winning strategy. And in addition to that, you're providing something of value to the people around you. And creating a win-win situation while creating wealth and passive income for yourself is the best life you can get. Real estate is resilient. You should have real estate in your portfolio. Join us for the next live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Successful life. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Retiring America, one person at a time. This is the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Now, more unconventional wisdom from your host, Del Wamsley. 
Welcome back to the Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about the first of the month being a different kind of life for the rest of us out here that are real estate investors compared to you, uh, which have to get up and go to work today just like every other day of the week, of the month, of the year, so on and so forth. But the bottom line is this is the, the day of the month where my money just rolls in, and it rolls in whether I get out of bed or not. And I want you to understand that. So in the first segment, we talked about what was important was the fact that you've got to start buying income-producing assets. Until you do that, you're never going to be in the position I'm in. Now, the second thing is is that you have to overcome this um, frustrating little limitation that you only have a certain amount of money to buy income-producing assets with. Because you don't have enough money to buy enough income-producing assets to replace your income, it's most likely that you'll just say, I'm not going to try it. It doesn't, it doesn't do me any good. I'm never going to be able to buy enough income-producing assets. But this is a self-fulfilling failure mode. But the bottom line is, is that because you don't buy assets, income-producing assets, because you don't think you have enough money to buy enough income-producing assets to retire, you're never going to get to retire. That's the, the oxymoronic problem there is that, you know, you're killing yourself because you can't get there all in one fatal swoop. So I bought one rent house, and then I bought three more, and I had four, and then I bought four more, and I had eight, and so on. Then I bought, you know, uh, four more, and I had 12, and I just kept doing that, buying them a few at a time, a few at a time, or one or two at a time, as I got the money. And then as those things became more valuable, we get to step two of the program. Step two of the program is now, after we go out there and maximize the return on our capital, our investments, and get it all working, now we have to maximize the return on our capital by taking the stuff we own and changing it and getting rid of it. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we either have to refinance out the equity or we have to sell it and pull the equity out and go leverage up. Because you're never going to get to that large amount of money you want unless you leverage up. You have to keep leveraging up. Now, rich people, successful people with money, we leverage. We use leverage to buy larger income-producing assets. Poor people use leverage to buy cars and homes and expenses. And so they go into debt for expenses. Rich people go into debt to buy assets that produce income and The way it works is you buy an asset that produces more income than what the debt payments cost you. So that means that, you know, if you're you buy an asset that pays makes ten thousand dollars a month, you can go over there and put debt on it. So say seven thousand dollars a month and you still make three thousand dollars a month. But you don't have to come up with the money to buy the asset or not all of it anyway. And so you use leverage to leverage up so you can take the money from one rent house either by refinancing the equity out or selling it and pulling it out, and go buy a fourplex or go buy a six or eight or tenplex. And now you've got three, four, five times the income. This is just a simple process, but it's a process that you continue to do. Once you get into the habit of doing this, successful, wealthy people get in the habit of doing this. They continue to do it over and over and over again. And what happens is every year of my life since I started investing in real estate, I've purchased more income-producing assets. And 
the same way I bought them when I started. The difference is now I have way more money. All the way along the line, I had more money. Let's put it that way. And as I had more money, I was able to buy a little bit larger assets. And it doesn't really work that way. It's like, okay, I did houses. Okay, boom, 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 boom. Because each time I'd come up with a little more money, buy another house, a little more money, buy another house, a little more money, buy another house. Uh, and then I started investing with other people and putting together partnerships and syndications and stuff. And other people put up the money because I didn't have any more money and I bought more houses and more houses. But then I stopped buying. When I did syndications, I stopped buying them one at a time. And I started buying them 10 at a time. I bought one 10 at a, 10, uh, five duplexes, 10 units with some partners. I bought a 30 unit, uh, 15 duplexes in the same um, cul-de-sac with a partner. Uh, I bought some fourplexes, three or four fourplexes with uh, a partner. And all of a sudden, I had all these houses, all these units. And they're all housed, by the way. Duplexes and fourplexes are still considered houses. They're still single-family housing. But I just kept buying this stuff. And so my income went up. And eventually, my income got to where I was making more money on my passive income than I was making on my earned income. And you have to understand with your earned income, you have to pay taxes. You don't have to pay taxes on your passive income if you do it correctly. And that's another whole radio show about taxation. But just take my word for it. When I was buying those houses, I wouldn't pay any income taxes on them. No Social Security, no Medicare on any rental properties I have, right? In fact, any business income you have, there's no Social Security or Medicare. You know, that's 15% if you're self-employed. It's 7%, 7.5% if you're not self-employed. That's unbelievable. You get out of all that, and income taxes are covered by depreciation. So you don't pay income taxes either if you do it correctly. So now you're able to earn money without paying taxes, which means it grows much faster. I saw a report the other day I thought was very interesting. A guy brought up this point. He said, if you take a dollar and you double it every day for 30 days, what will you have at the end of that time? And the number was some amazing thing like $24 bucks or some stupid stupidly high number and he said uh, now if you put a 33 percent tax bracket around that in other words every time you made money from a dollar to two dollars you know you doubled the dollar to two dollars then you doubled the two dollars to four dollars if you paid 33 percent taxes on that dollar to one dollar to two dollars you'd pay 33 cents out of that dollar then you'd have a dollar and 66 instead of $2. Now you double that again and put the 33 tax. He said at the end of the month, instead of having 24 million or whatever the number was, so let's say it's 2 million to 24. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. They're both impressive. Uh, let's say it's 2 million then. You have 2 million. Instead, you only have $28,000. So did you hear what I said? Even if we doubled our money 30 times, that's 30 days in a month, if we doubled our money 30 times from a dollar, it would either be $2 million or it would be $28,000, all because of taxes. But see, you have to pay taxes because you're earning your money as earned income, whereas I'm earning my money as passive income with depreciation. Now, while all that's going on, I'm accumulating assets. And now you're sitting over here worrying about inflation. I don't worry about inflation. I like inflation. My assets go up in value. My houses that I bought for 25000 are now worth 200000 I love that, right? My apartment complex I bought 
I bought an apartment complex, I think, four or five years ago. I was looking at it the other day with my wife. We were just kind of running the numbers. And it's gone up $9 million. Just it's a, one little business. Gone up $9 million. Not to mention 50000 a month in cash flow. Think about that. We'll take a short break. I'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. You allowed 15,000 members into your Thank sandbox. You. Thank yeah. you. And so that speaks volumes. So for that and as a family. So you know why I did that? Everybody what? always asks, why did you do this? Because I was an ugly kid. My parents used to have to put a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. And so I always wanted to have friends, and I figured if I could make people rich, they might be my friend. Join Dell and his successful friends. Start with the free online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a part of Lifestyles Unlimited? Del Walmsley tells you what to expect when you join us for the next live online free workshop. We've been here for 30 years. Over 30 years, we've had and or do have roughly 50,000 plus members all over the United States. We have retired tens of thousands of people and it's just incredible what you're gonna find that you're gonna be in here. Not only are you gonna find the greatest amount of information and education, you're gonna find the people, the most open people you've ever met in your entire life. Come meet the people at Lifestyles Unlimited who will help you change your life and empower you to stop depending on a paycheck, your 401k, IRA, or social security for your future. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. At the free workshop, we'll teach you the five ways to make money with real estate, cash flow, equity capture, appreciation, equity buildup, and the tax advantages. Like Dell says, we'll open our books and show you how the numbers work with both single family and multifamily case studies. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. A woman came up to me a couple years ago. She goes, you know, Dell, this retirement stuff's great and everything, but I got a problem. I go, what's that? She goes, I married my husband for good, bad, ugly for the rest of our life, better or worse, but not to have him at home with me every day. Get him out of here. Sound like a problem you'd want? Learn how to retire in five years or less. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing the simple fact that if you want to be in the situation I'm in where you receive large amounts of money every month in the mail or just deposit directly to your bank account, you're going to need to own income-producing assets. And you don't start by buying large, expensive, you know, assets. You don't start by buying a 100 of them all at once. You start by buying one income-producing asset, one rent house, one duplex, one fourplex, one small apartment, whatever you can afford, you start with that. But now, 
the second phase is once you've gotten yourself to the situation where you've bought some assets, many people just stop right there because let's say you run out of savings and they don't realize that you can leverage back up with this money. You can pull the profits out and put them into a larger deal. And so I've got an email here from a lady that's interesting. And I've got a bunch of emails, so we might get to a couple of them here. But they, they kind of point to the same problem, that people get stuck. Even though they've made the right decision to start buying uh, income-producing assets, then they get stuck. So here's a lady that owns a fourplex down in Corpus Christi. And uh, she writes to me, and she says, I own this fourplex in Corpus Christi free and clear. With the increases in taxes and insurance on my property, I've lost uh, about $475 a month of my cash flow. So she's lost that from her cash flow. Well, let's just say her fourplex is renting for uh, $1,500 a door. So her $1,500 a door is going to be about $6,000 a month of positive cash flow. So she's getting a check in the mail each month for $6,000 a month, right? So... You, you think of this and go, well, all right, how much of that does she get to keep? Well, it's free and clear. So free and clear in this situation, we do a little math here. She has to pay taxes and insurance. So the taxes in this particular case are, are going to be um, probably about, uh, let's say, uh, well, first of all, the value. She said the value was uh, 300 and $49,000. So $349,000 times uh, taxes of about, let's say, 0. 0.025. That means she's paying $8,000 a year in taxes. Just a little, run a few numbers here real quick so you can see how this stuff works. Uh, Eighty-seven twenty-five in taxes. And then insurance is probably about $1,000 a door, so that's probably $4,000 a year. And this is after the re- tax increase and after the um, insurance increase. And insurance has gone up because there's been so many hurricanes out there. All of our insurances have gone up. Taxes go up every year, just and we fight them back down, and they go up because everything asks. Why does taxes go up? Because the asset's value goes up. And the value of the asset is how it's taxed. It's taxed on the asset value. So it would be a bad thing if taxes didn't go up, right? All right, so you got twelve thousand seven twenty-five. So she's getting fifteen hundred dollars a month. She's getting six thousand a month in income. Uh, six thousand times twelve—that's seventy-two thousand dollars a year. And she's got twelve thousand dollars worth of expenses, hard expenses. So she's making about sixty thousand dollars a year. So sixty thousand a year divided by twelve, making about five grand a month. So there you go. One property, she's making $5,000 a month, and that's after she said she lost $475 a month. So she used to make $5,500 because taxes and insurance both went up, right? But she's still making five grand a month. Do you have five grand a month coming in? The problem is this lady's got it all wrong. And she comes back and emails me later. She says, what should I do? Should I sell or should I get rid of it? Uh, or should I refinance it? Or what should I do? Hold on to it. What should I do? And uh, I said, well, you need to uh, – oh, she also says if I sell, I have a capital gain of $75,000. So, in other words, the property's gone up in value by $75,000, um, which she'd pay taxes on that. And I said, 
you know, I wrote her back and said, you need to sell this thing. Why, though? you got to ask why. And this is the key factor. You have to be able to look at the return on your asset. So as we look at this and we get into these numbers here again, we get um, we have a $60,000 a year gain divided by a $349,000 asset, which is a 17% return, which is actually pretty good. She's making pretty good money on this thing. Uh, but let's go ahead and say what happens if we sold it. If we sell it, let's see here, at, let's say, 20% down would be um, 349000 would be what? twenty, would be $1.7 million worth of real estate. And if she had to put 30% down, it would be less. If she had to put 40% down, it would be less, and so on and so on. So let's say she's going to buy a million to a million and a half dollars worth of real estate. She's leveraged herself up. Now, that's a small apartment complex. That small apartment complex might be making her eight or $10,000 a month after all the taxes and insurance and everything else. So she would make more. She could anywhere from go up 50 to 100% in her income by simply selling this property and 1031 it into a larger property. She's not using any more money than what she used to buy this property. And I hope she didn't pay cash for this property. I hope that she bought it with a mortgage and the mortgage got paid off for something. But whatever it is, the bottom line is you're going to take that equity out and you're going to move it forward so you can leverage up again. And by that, you can continue to grow. And rich people look at all of their assets that way. They don't fall in love with any of them. They look at it and go, boy, there's too much equity here. I cannot get this thing to pay a high enough rate of return that I'm happy with it. So it's time to sell it. Or refinance it, pull the equity out. And by the way, blow your mind, but you pull the equity out of a property and the numbers are even better. They're way better if you refinance because you're in a situation where you're going to have less of your equity in the deal and still have income, still have the asset, and still be making and growing your wealth. So that was the first email here. And... Let's go on to the next email because that, that one's pretty easy to figure out. Next guy says, um, I'm presently in Colorado Springs where the radio show plays. The current show for the first hour, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I hope that whatever. Just in, I just wanted to give you seeing your thoughts on a deal I'm looking at. It's a townhouse listed for $289,000 with $233 a month HOA. All right, so in this particular deal, the reason I put this email in here is because this guy is thinking about buying an asset, but he's buying the wrong asset. Instead of buying a rental house where he owns the house and the yard and the lot and everything else, he's buying a townhouse. And when you buy a townhouse, you have to deal with a homeowners association that's much more controlling than just a regular home. Now, there are homeowner associations with houses, but they don't have as much control. In townhouses, because the houses are close together, many times the association is much more aggressive. So I just avoid townhouses. I avoid condos. Don't buy them. And it's funny, as we, we look at these situations, and I say don't buy condos, don't buy townhouses, people come back to me and go, I bought a condo, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> and then years later, they come back and say, you're right, I shouldn't have bought a condo. I mean, I, I can't change that for you. That's what they are. It's the nature of the beast. But in this particular deal, I told the guy not to do it because $289,000 for basically an apartment just isn't that good of a deal in my mind where you could take that money and go buy, you know, maybe two houses in Houston or two houses in Texas anywhere, maybe even in Colorado. But real houses that are not in townhouse associations. So in that particular case, I didn't like that particular deal. Let's see what the next one says here. We purchased a rental property in San Diego 10 years ago. In spite of our lack of real estate rental education, it ended up being a fairly good deal over time. We are excited that the property is in escrow, meaning they're selling it, and we can deploy the equity in a more welcome state uh, using our lifestyles training. So here's a guy that has done what I said. He's taken this property the, in a very expensive you know, area, San Diego, very expensive, bought a home that 10 years ago was probably appreciated massively. It doesn't, he doesn't have the prices down here. But I could see it going from 500000 to a $1 million in San Diego very easily. That's kind of prices they have out there. So that kind of a case? That half a million dollars and plus whatever equity he had, a million bucks. This guy's going to be able to buy a really nice apartment complex. And then he's going to have $10,000 a month working for him. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Curious about today's teaching? Want to know more? Attend a free workshop. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com. More life-changing principles in moments when the Del Wamsley Radio Show continues. I created these case studies 30 years ago for this reason. You're the accountant. You're the CPA. You're the, the engineer, the IT guy. Do you follow what I'm saying? You're the little quiet cubicle guy. And you don't see yourself as a rich millionaire. So I have to bring the cubicle people up here. And you go, honey, look, he's got the same shoes I have on. Right? And he speaks in the same language that I speak in. And you've got to be able to see somebody you can relate to or relate with for this to work. Part of the reason I want you to speak to other people is because half of your, I'd say, challenge is that you don't believe you can be rich, is that you don't believe you can retire within five years. Until you can reconcile that in your mind, you won't be willing to take the steps necessary to get there. Join us today. Check for in-person and online dates at lukstudy.com. Del Wamsley on the economy and politics. What happens if the economy turns around and goes back down now the Democrats are in power or inflation becomes rampant? And all of a sudden, it becomes very difficult to do business. I was listening to an economist the other day, and he pulled out this chart of GDP. He said, look, here's what I want you to do. He said, tell me anywhere from 1950 to 2021 where the Democrats took power and where the Republicans took power. He said, point it out for me. And the truth of the matter is you can't tell. If you're sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what the politicians are going to do or waiting to see what the economy is going to do, if you're trying to predict the future, stop. 
politicians and the economy have no bearing on your success or failure. Only you do. Register for the next live online free workshop. We'll unfold the map to retirement in five years or less, regardless of what's going on in the world. It's the same proven strategies we've been using for 30 years through every political party and economic cycle you can think of. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. The rich get richer and the poor get... Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Got a question? Call 855-497-4DELL. That's 855-497-4335. Or email Dell at askdell at L-U-I-N-C dot com. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we've been talking about why it's so important to buy income-producing assets, to accumulate assets, to hold on to assets, and then to get the equity out of the assets and redeploy it and get back out there and buy more assets so that you can have more assets. What I haven't really touched on is a couple of things. Is number one, as you redeploy and get more assets, you increase your income. As you increase your income, you have a larger propensity to save and reinvest. And so you have more money coming in that you can save with. If you're still working at your job, you have a lot more money to use for saving. If you're living off your money, then you're going to have about the same percentage you had when you were working. You can save from your savings and live off your rental income and then save uh, a portion of that and continue to grow. That in itself continues to grow because you continue to add new assets and or over leverage up to larger assets, one of the two, either adding more of the same or you're going to larger assets. Now, what what does that mean to you? Well, at some point, what I started doing was I started getting rid of my houses and I would get rid of a house or two or three that had some equity in them and I'd go buy uh, myself, you know, a larger property. So I started buying with partners, I started buying multiple houses we started selling off those multiple houses and going and buying small apartment complexes. But myself, because I saw how much wealth there was involved, I took my money out of those partnerships and I put it into my own deals and bought my own small apartment complexes. And then I made so much money on those small apartment complexes, I leveraged up to medium-sized apartment complexes. And then I made so much money from that, I went to large apartment complexes. And then all of a sudden, one day, the world you know, dropped down 2008, the, the bottom fell out of the market and you could buy stuff for 50 cents on the dollar. And then I went back into syndicating and partnershipping again and put together deals with my friends. And we invested and bought stuff just pennies on the dollar and got mega rich. So, I mean, that's how I got into the mega wealth era. But even after the mega wealth era ended, I still continued to buy more assets and increase the size of the assets. So what happens is the more money you have, the more you can buy. And now, like, I'm closing either the end of this week or first next week on another income-producing asset that produced about ten grand a month. I've got another one that I just uh, went into contract on that's going to produce about twenty grand, or actually there's two of them. One producing around twenty, just rounded off. Another one's producing around thirty. So that's another fifty thousand dollars a month. Now remember what I just said. You know I'm already making tons of money, right? Now you're. I'm telling you, I've got three more things under contract here. That one of them is going to make me ten. One's going to make me around twenty. One's going to make me about fifty. That's about sixty thousand dollars more. And there's no jobs. There's no work. 
It's just more money. Or I could have my money sitting out there in savings accounts. I mean, because I make money, you got to get rid of it. You got to do something with it. You deploy it into more assets. And then more assets make more money. Say, well, Dell, why don't you buy a jet airplane? I don't want a jet airplane. Why don't you buy a $100 million yacht? I don't want a $100 million yacht. I want $100 million worth of assets producing me, you know, $10 million a month in income or whatever it is, $10 million a year uh, in income, a $1 million a month in income. That's what I want, not a $100 million yacht. I could buy a $100 million yacht. I don't want one, right? And all these people that buy all these expensive things, you know, they're still out there working. Now, there is another level of wealth, don't get me wrong. It's so wealthy that you can have anything you want. I'm not at that level, by the way. I'm at the level I can have anything I want if I only buy what I want, not everything I want. So that's a whole different level. I wanted to share with you, though, one more aspect of this, and that is those assets. Assets go up in value, and you don't even think about it you know, forget about the fact that I make more and more and more money every month in cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Because I've always believed rule number two, there's got to be cash flow. Rule number one is don't lose your money. Rule number two is there's got to be cash flow. But rule number three is you can't get rich slow. You've got to have something goes up in value. So just look at this. When I started investing in real estate 33, 34 years ago, whatever it was, the median price for a single family home was $50,000. Right now, the median price for a single-family home, I'm going to read this to you. Um, it's from a report I'm reading right off. A median sales price for homes in the U.S. have been consistent year over year and currently around $516,000. So think about that. Now, in California, that guy's selling his house. It's probably worth a million. Here in Houston, the median price is about three hundred and fifty. So, but nationwide, the median price is 560. No, I'm sorry, the Houston price, I think, went up to 400s. I need to check that because I don't know. I think it's in the 400s now. But the point is, it doesn't matter what it's, it's a lot compared to the $50,000 median price. Now, back when the median price was 50, I was buying them for 25,000. Now the median price is 300,000. We're buying them for 150. That's just the way it works. We buy them for half of what they cost. That way ours always go up in value. Now, the next thing you need to understand is that the marketplace is ripe right now to get started. You need to get out there and buy. I'm going to read this paragraph off the same report, and that is this. U.S. real estate market is gradually moving towards a more balanced state. While the market has favored the sellers for several years, buyers are gaining more leverage in the negotiations. The number of new listings has increased in recent months, offering the buyers a wide range of options to choose from. Sellers should be prepared to price their properties competitively and consider strategies to make their listings stand out in the increasing competitive market. So what is that saying? It's a buyer's market again, guys. It was a seller's market for the last 10 years. They were getting whatever they wanted. Now, that's good if you're the seller, but we're buyers at this point in your life. You are buying. You're not a seller yet. You're a buyer, and at that point, you want to be buying right now, right? And what are you going to buy? Next paragraph, two paragraphs down, it says, demand for affordability. Throughout the rest of 2023, there will be an increasing demand for affordable housing. The combination of stagnant wages and high living costs means that more buyers will be searching for homes that they can actually afford. There's a secret. 
I hope that you heard something today that will change your life. And remember, we're not doing it for some money. We're doing it for that lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.